You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pitchim and Israel 5782. This week's Parsha is Parsha Ve'eschanon. Moshe Rabbeinu describes his prayer to the Jewish people, his consistent, constant repetition of a prayer. 515 times he prays to Hashem to allow him to come into the land of Israel. And Moshe Rabbeinu was not successful in his prayer. Hashem was angry with him for the sin of Meimariva, for having struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. However, in Moshe Rabbeinu teaching us, telling us about his prayer, we learn some very important things about what prayer looks like, what is the concept of prayer, what does it mean to turn to Hashem and ask Him for something that sometimes perhaps we do deserve, sometimes perhaps we don't deserve. The Medrash goes in at length, and we're going to, Bezrat Hashem, we're going to learn it together to see what is the concept of prayer? What is the idea behind this tefillah? What does tefillah look like? What does it mean to ask Hashem for our needs? What does it mean to pray? So let's learn this together. Vashanan El Hashem says the Medrash, Halacha. First, the Medrash tells us a few concepts, a few halachas, a few laws that have to, have to do with prayer. When a person prays, when a person prays, and here we're speaking specifically about the Amida, the Amida prayer, the Shemona Esrei. So, is it permitted to pray out loud? You might think that you could pray out loud. You could pray in a loud voice. We learn from Chana. Chana was the mother of Shmuel Hanavi, the mother of Samuel the prophet. When she prayed, she prayed quietly to herself. She did not pray out loud. She did not pray in a great loud voice. Rather, she prayed quietly. So that's what we do. We say Shmuel Esrei. It's called the Shtil Shmuel Esrei. It's the quiet Shmuel Esrei. Yes, we have someone who leads the prayers and says it out loud. But our personal prayer, each of us pray as part of the Tzibur, as part of the the uh, ten people who are praying together. So when we pray, we pray quietly. That's the Tzura of the Tzvila. That's the way Tzvila looks. We have three prayers a day. Shachris, Mincha, and Mairev. In the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. So you might think you could do three in a row. Just do them at the same time. Daniel said, Pasuk says about uh, Daniel the prophet, and he prayed three separate times a day. So in this Pasuk we see, he was praying, we see what prayer looks like, and we see that it was done three different times a day. So there's a concept when it comes to prayer. We're going to come back to Moshe Rabbeinu at the end, don't worry, to understand what Tevila looks like, what is the special quality of prayer, especially the prayer of Moshe Rabbeinu. But we see from Daniel Hanavi, that he was somebody who prayed, He bowed down on his knees, which is interesting, because we don't really do that today. We do bow with our knees, right? When we say the word Baruch, the word Baruch, which means blessed, is very similar, it's the same root as the word Baruch, which means knees, which we bow our knees when we say Baruch at certain points in the prayer. Because when we bow, when we bend our knees, we show we don't have the power, we're showing Hashem is the one who has the power. Baruch Atah, you are the one 
who can give us what we need, Hashem. We pray to you. We're moida to you. That's the Lashon of the Pasuk by Daniel. We admit that you are the one, that we can't do it without you. You might think you can pray at any time you want. And again, we're speaking about the Amida prayer, which is the canonized version of the prayer, which we say, which was put in place by the Anshei Knesset Hagadolah, by the men of the Great Assembly, which included prophets, Chagaz Chayim Malachi, beginning of the Second Temple period. So it was instituted to be at certain times in the day. You cannot say Shmon Esrei three times, more than three times a day. You can't say it all day long. Of course, you could pray as much as you want. You can talk to God whenever you want. In fact, you're uh, encouraged to do so. But when it comes to the Amida prayer, it has to be at certain times. Karper David, King David, said, The three times a day, in the evening, in the morning, in the afternoon, right? The Jewish day begins in the evening. So, the prayers begin. We have these three prayers at specific times, beginning in the evening. Mairev, Shachras, Mencha. And King David also says, it's, it's beautiful to see these psukim that describe the prayers of these great prophets, Daniel Hanavi, Daniel the prophet, David HaMelech, King David. He says, I prayed, Asicha, the way that he talks about it is, is I, I spoke. Right? What does our prayer look like? What is the Amida prayer supposed to represent? It's a conversation that we're having with God. And I expressed that Shema Kali Hashem heard my prayers, He heard my voice. But there's a certain, again, it's important to understand. Of course, it's beautiful to have constant prayer. It's important to have a constant conversation with God. But there's a specific canonized version of the prayers. We said, we have this misgeret, we have this framework which our Chazal created for us. You might think, look, what is prayer about? It's about me recognizing that God is the one who, who gives me my needs. And it's also about me asking for my needs, right? Maybe it's just enough. I say, God, please give me my needs. Maybe that's all I need to do. Maybe that's what prayer looks like. King Solomon told us, That Hashem listens to the Rina and the prayer. What is Rina? Rina is song. Rina This is the praise. We sing Hashem's praises. That's how we start our prayers. So what is what does Tfila look like, says the Medrash? Tfila looks like first we say praises. Hashem, God you are blessed. You're the one who's the God of our forefathers. You are mighty, you are powerful, you are awesome. You're the highest God. You're the God that rises above all other powers in the, in the, in the world. So the first three brachas of Shemana Esrei are all about our praise of God. And then we continue with asking for our needs. And then we finish off with saying thanks for all that God has given us, asking for peace for the Jewish people. Okay. Abishol tells us something very interesting. You want to know, was your prayer accepted? You want to know, did God listen to my prayer? Did God hear my prayer? So Abishol says, here's, here's a way to know. It's hard to, pro- to, to pray properly. It's hard to focus. If you were able to focus your heart, you can be sure that your prayer is going to be heard. 
when you have the proper kavana, when you have the proper intent, when you have the proper focus, so then you know that your prayer is going to be heard. That's what Abishol tells us. Shneimar, as the pasuk says in Tehillim, King David tells us, "Tachin libam, necha." If their hearts are prepared, this is a hint to what it looks like to to daven. What does it mean to daven with kavana? How does one get the schus, the merit, to be able to to daven with proper intent? It's with preparation of the heart, right? Because our hearts are drawn in in many different directions. So we need to calm our hearts. We need to focus on the prayers. We need to find meaning in the prayers, and we need to find our very requests. In the requests that are national requests, we need to find our own personal requests. If your heart is prepared, so then God's ears, as it were, will hear. So that's the basic foundation of what tefillah looks like. What does it look like? Three times a day, certain order of the prayer, praising God, asking for our needs, a, a proper Kavana, it's a quiet prayer, proper intent. Now Rabbi Yechanan teaches us something very interesting, you know, famous idea, you know, that the Eskimos have many different languages for snow. Something that's important to you. So you have different ways of describing it. There's different types of prayer. I'm sorry, there's different types of snow. And in prayer also, we have ten different languages which describe the prayer. The fact that we have so many descriptions of prayer show us that prayer is very important to us. Rebbechanan says there are ten ways that tefillah are called, ten different ways of describing prayer. Shava, Tse'aka, Ne'aka. So the first three are a calling out, a, a cry of desperation. Rina, as we said, is the praising of Hashem. Pegia is, is touching Hashem, as it were. Bitsur, Kriya, calling out, feeling pain. Nipul, falling down in front of Hashem. Pilul, which means judgment. V'tachanunim. And tachanunim is the final one, which means supplications, which is related to the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu. V'aischanun el Hashem. It's a lotion of tchina, it's a lotion of supplication. We'll see what this means, what is the concept of supplication, what is unique and special about the prayer of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because it's so important, as we'll see, we need to understand it because we need to relate to it and employ this kind of prayer ourselves. Shavat's okay, now we go through each of them, we find a makura, a source for this 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 type of prayer. Excuse me. Shava and Sa'aka Shinemar Vaye Onchumene Somana Voida Vezaku Vatal Shava Samalakim Minavoida. So the word used the, the Pasuk uses the word Zeaka, which is the same as Tsaaka, it's a similar word. Zion and Sadi are interchangeable. Uses the word Shava. Both of these indicate I'm calling out to God because I'm in pain. Because I have terrible troubles, I have terrible difficulties. Kla Yisrael was enslaved to Egypt and they were not able to to bear it any longer. They called out to Hashem. And the next passage says Alashno Ne'aka. Interesting. Nun Alef Kufe. Also a language of prayer. Also a language of prayer out of pain. So it's a very powerful type of prayer which comes out of difficulty. And I would say, in a certain sense, when a person has gone through difficulties, they have a certain right. We don't like to use the word rights in regards to prayer and requests of God, but in a certain sense, when a person has a difficulty and a challenge, he has a, he has a merit which enables him to be answered and given that which he desires.
You see Hashem heard this prayer. He heard the prayers. Next, we have Rina Ufgia. We have a language of Rina, which we said is praising God in prayer, and Pigia, which means touching God, as it were. God says to Jeremiah the prophet, so verse in chapter 7, verse 16, Don't pray to me for this nation. Do not raise up for them a rena. A rena is this, this praiseful prayer. And a prayer, tefillah, don't touch me. Don't come near me. Don't come near me, says Hashem to Yirmiyah. It wasn't proper for him to pray at that moment for the Jewish people. They didn't deserve the prayers. But you see that this is a type of prayer. Rina, supplication. Rina, praise of God. Right When we praise Hashem, when we show that we appreciate God's greatness, it in turn, in a certain sense, don't want to say the word obligates, but it spurs God to want to give us what we need. When God, when we come close to God, Hashem says to him, don't come close to me because I'm going to have to listen to you. I don't want to listen to you right now. But ordinarily, when we come close to God, when we touch God, as it were, when we do things that find favor in God's eyes, so then we, we spur Hashem to, to answer our prayers. Bitsur ukriya. Bitsur is a lushan, as we'll see in the Pasuk of, of calling to God in pain as well. And Kriya is calling out to God. Because the Pasuk says, Dikhsiv, Batsarli Hashem. When I'm in pain, I called out to God. When I was felt oppressed, I call out to God. So there's a calling out. These are all different languages of prayer. Nipol Dikhsiv and Snapal Lifne Hashem. We find a language of falling down in front of God. And again, it's falling down in submission to God. It's falling down because I'm in pain, I'm in trouble, and I need God's help. All these types of things represent prayer. Prayer is a sign of submission to God. Prayer is a sign that I need something from Hashem because I am lacking and I recognize that He's the one who can provide me with what I lack. And the final language is V'sachanunim. Tichsi Hashem. Tachanunim is supplication. Moshe Rabbeinu supplicates in front of God, requests, begs. And as we'll see, he begs for something that he doesn't feel he deserves. That his chusim, his merits, do not spur God, as it were, to allow him to come into Eretz Yisrael. And his final request, his most powerful request, and we need to know this because we can employ this powerful request, is for, it's Tachanunim, it's a matnas chinom. The word tachanunim, the root of the word is chesnun, which means chen. Which means, what is chen? Sheker hachen vehevel hayoyfi. There's a certain sense when you see somebody who has a charismatic personality. You see the charisma, you're drawn to that person. You can't explain why. It's just for no reason. It's just free. It's a free chinom. It's a matnas chinom. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be allowed into Eretz Yisrael. My merits, you know, I sinned. But I beg you, please God, you have a Oitzer Mat Naschinam, you have a treasure house of free gifts that you give out, even though people don't deserve them. Please let me have this free gift. Moshe Rabbeinu could have used any kind of prayer. He could have used Pegia, Rina, Shava, Tzalka, Naalka, all these different languages, all these different types of prayer. Which one did he choose? Did he choose? He chose... The type of prayer 
which is asking for a free gift. This is the same Rabbi Yechanan who gave us these ten different languages of prayer. Rabbi says, we see from here, we do not have any taina, we do not have any merits in front of God, so to speak. And it doesn't mean that we haven't done good things, that we haven't done things that God appreciates them, that God values. It means that God can, God gives us so much good. And it's really nothing that we can do to earn that good. All the good that Hashem has prepared for us is something that He gives to us as a free gift. Not because we've earned it, not because we deserve it. You know, we see that if Maisha Rabbeinu, the greatest of the prophets, the, the one who brought down the will of Hashem into the world, and he couldn't make a request more than God give me a free gift. So what do we have? What do we deserve? What can we ask for other than a free gift, says Rabbi Yechen. I'm Rabbi Levi. So Rabbi Levi continues this amazing idea and he teaches us as follows. Why is it indeed that Moshe Rabbeinu came asking for a free gift? Why did he come with supplications? So the analogy is, and of course he calls it an analogy because we don't want to say such a thing in regards to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God himself as it were. But generally, you have to be careful not to be caught by your own words. Right? Sometimes a person will say something, and it will come out that, you know, hey, you sound like a hypocrite because you said something earlier that you're now contradicting. Or you say something, you give a hint, I would say it better in regards to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were. God says something because He wants to teach us something. And even though He doesn't really want per se, we can understand that He doesn't really want to answer this particular prayer, but He gives us a way that we could possibly get our prayers answered, even though He doesn't really want to answer our prayers, as in the case of Moshe. Listen to this, it's amazing. Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu in Shmois, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, I will give free gifts to whoever I wish. I will have rachamim. I will have compassion upon those who I wish to have compassion. Upon whom I wish to give, to be compassionate. I'm sorry, I skipped a few words. If a person has the merits, it's interesting because this sounds a little bit not like what Rabbi Yechanan says, but a person can have merits, a person can deserve to receive a certain reward or a certain positive thing in his life. Rabbi Yechanan was saying, don't depend on that, it's better not to depend on that. But, in this word, this idea of Rabbi Levi is saying, a person sometimes can deserve to to receive something from God, and that's called Hashem's mirachim on him. Hashem's compassion on him. Why? I see that you've done my will. I see that you're trying. I see that you're somebody who's done the right thing. I'm going to have compassion on you. Maybe you don't completely deserve it. Maybe at this moment you don't deserve it. However, I'm going to look at the big picture. Hashem says, and I'm going to give you something. Okay? Hashem says there's such a thing as I give a free gift even though a person doesn't deserve it. So Hashem had told Moshe Rabbeinu previously I give free gifts. Sometimes I give things because the person deserves it and sometimes I give it even though the person does not deserve it. 
When Moshe requested and begged and pleaded with God, please let me into the land of Israel. That's too much to ask. You don't deserve that. And the reason is because you've sinned. You, you, you struck the rock. Yes, it was because of the Jewish people, their request, which was, you know, out of the boundaries of what was correct. But you sinned. And because of that sin, you don't deserve to go into the land of Israel. I don't have enough merits. Moshe Rabbeinu, ding, ding, ding. Something, something rings in his memory. Hashem had promised, even if you don't have merits, you could still ask for a free gift. Hey, Hashem, didn't you say, didn't you, did you not say, that even though a person does not have the merits, he can ask for a free gift? says, I'm not asking you to give it to me. I'm not letting, asking you to let me into the land of Israel because of my own merits. I'm asking you to let me into Eretz Yisrael as a free gift. Where do we see this from? We see this from the very language that he used. He supplicated before God. He asked for a free gift. Free gift. Give it to me even though I don't deserve it. And that's the basic idea of the Medrash. Beautiful, beautiful Medrash. just want to finish off with what the Anaf Yosef, the Eitz Yosef explains. And he says, he brings down the Chavis Halavavis and he says that the Chavis Halavavis tells us in the concept of Bitochen, when it comes to having faith in God, when it comes to believing that God is going to give us something that we need or we want. So it could be that we don't deserve it, just like Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't deserve it because we've done things wrong. We've defied the Word of God. We've disconnected ourselves from God. But there's always a path back to Hashem. There's always a path to request and have bitachen and have confidence. That's what the word bitachen means. Have confidence that God will give us that which we need or that which we want, we feel that we need. And that is this concept. This concept of requesting a mat naschinam, asking for a free gift. And I can't say that I completely understand this. I don't know what is the idea of a free gift, but clearly there is such an idea and it's something that Moshe Rabbeinu tried to employ himself and it's something that the Chavis Halavavis talks about. It's called Bitachon, which means I have absolute confidence that God will give me that which I need or that which I want as a free gift, even though I don't per se deserve it. And perhaps the part of the understanding is because in, in so doing, in so asking for this type of gift, I'm saying, Hashem, I want to be in a relationship with you because, you know, who gives out free gifts? Who gives out free gifts? Somebody who loves us, somebody who cares about us, someone who's our father. And that is who Hashem is. And that is the relationship that every single one of us potentially can have. And really, that's the deepest type of prayer, as Rabbi Yechanan said. That's the deepest type of tefillah. And tefillah is very much related to bitachon. Prayer is very much related to that sense of confidence when I pray, when I repeat the prayer, when I go over it again and again, right? And, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu, he, he did this type of prayer 515 times. Over and over again, Hashem, I don't deserve it, but please God, give me what I need. That's the kind of prayer that's answered. That's the kind of prayer that has power. That's, the, that's what develops within ourselves a sense of confidence. 
Hashem will give us what we need. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should indeed be able to pray. We should be able to employ all these types of prayers. We should be able to see that, look, if we're missing something, it's, it's something that can, can arouse us to prayer, to ask Hashem who has everything to provide us with our needs. We can pray. We can praise Hashem. We can ask for our needs. And we can ask for free gifts as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.